Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Grace Unscripted. Uh, I have the pleasure of sitting down with Stephanie Morick this time. Stephanie, uh, man, what a story. A year ago is kind of just living the normal life, good life, figuring life out. And then all of a sudden, something turned upside down, and now she's the team mom at one of our local high schools, and she has seen God use her in incredible ways. I cannot wait to get to hear her story. Stephanie, how you doing? I'm doing good, Joe. How are you? I'm doing great. It is good to sit here with you, and I'm excited to chat a little bit about things. How's your is your day going? Okay, day is going great. Can't get yeah. any better. Awesome. You know what's my favorite things about asking those questions on a podcast like this is no one listens to it on the day we're recording. So even though today is great. Who knows what day it is that they're listening to? Right. That's right. So Stephanie, uh, yeah, you. This last year has been a very interesting year. Extremely. Yeah. So, uh, first of all, let's just, our listeners don't know anything. So, let's give a high level overview. Why has this last year been interesting? Um, My son took a a coaching job at Kenmore Garfield under Kemp Boyd, and um, they, Kenmore is unlike any other school and they just need love and want love like I've never seen before. Mm. And um, Kemp and Ethan came to me and asked me if I'd be interested in doing a program there. And I'm like, yeah, no, God's not pulling me there. (laughs) And um, went home and really didn't think about it. And then Ethan comes back a couple weeks later and he's like, mom, I really need you to think about this again. Sit down and have a meeting with Kemp. It it needs to happen. He's like, kids are getting shot. Kids are, um, they have no food. They're hungry. He goes, I just need you to um, get involved. And at that point, I'm like, you want me to put myself in a place where it's dangerous. I'm your mom. And it was just funny. But um, I went and I sat down with Kemp and I'm like, what do you want from me? And he's like, what do you want to give me? I'm like, okay, Kemp, um, well, I want to bring God in my own way to these kids. I want to love them. I want to be there for them and um, just show them Jesus's love. And he's like, that's what I want, sister, just bring it. And I'm like, okay, well, little did I know at that point, he didn't count on me staying around because like, it's rough. And um, it, like I said, it's like no other. I mean, my son played football, you played football, and, and um, it's, it's a different area, even though literally, as Ethan told me, five miles from where we grew up in um, Barberton. So uh, I started um, going to the school, taking snacks, I mean, to the field. I would take snacks, I would take food, I would just show up there and... Um, Kemp started making the boys come and talk to me. We had interactions and, and just, um, loving, just truly loving. And it was, it was different. And it was, it was hard at first because like, they're just looking at me like, why are you here? And how long do you plan to stay? And, um, like throughout the summer, it was great because like 
we would show up at unexpected times and by the end of summer when you'd hear them say oh look she's here we get a snack today and i looked at, at my husband and i'm like oh pavlov's pavlov's dog they you know i've trained them enough they see me they think i'm bringing food and that day i didn't have a snack so it was funny i just laughed because they're like oh i thought i thought that you you meant food and um it gave opportunities for our relationships to grow beyond food it, it became personal and them coming up and just developing things um but yeah Kemp wanted me to like start a program where um we would just be interacting consistently with these these young men and um some of them have um no families they have no mothers or no fathers they might live with um a sister they might live with a friend they might live with an aunt it it's just different every time and every kid is different and um and they don't have the same um respect factor but yet they have the same love factor but you have to earn it Mm -hmm. so it was great because like i had to earn their respect and earn their love and and it was different for me than anything before because like when ethan played football the kids just knew who we were because mm-hmm. they grew up in our, you know, in our homes and we, we were there always on a football field, but these kids didn't know me. So I had to earn the love that they had. And, um, we had one intention of going in there and we were going to adopt a player and yeah, well, that's actually a good segue. So let's, let's back up to late last summer, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, you're, you had just said, yes, you're like, yes, I want to do this. You had been there a few times. You'd had that conversation with Kemp that you just mentioned. And then, uh, you show up to my office actually, mm-hmm. and you, you <laughs> slide this piece of paper across my desk and like, what, what was your intention what was your hope what was the plan going into the football season last fall um to start with the i I wanted to start with what the only thing i knew is what we did at norton and adopt a football player and have different people come along and each person adopt a player and um take not take responsibility on oh this is your kid but like show up for them and be their support system because as i said some of these children don't have mm-hmm. that support system and they need to be cheered on because as you know when you play sports if you're cheered on you play better you have something somebody to perform for um so i came to you and i just wanted um guidance and i wanted advice on how to get people to adopt these players but you said you you had all these things and instructions on what you wanted me to go back and do and and when I went back and, and looked over everything, I was like, maybe this isn't what God wants me to do. Let's start with step one and and feed them. Let's see what we can do and how we can bring um, people in that just want to love these boys and feed them with, you know, love them with food because mm-hmm. that's what they, they need the most. Um, so I, I got some people and you sent me some people who just wanted to show up, make some dinners, and we would feed them on a, normally a Thursday night, sometimes a Saturday morning, depending on the, the, the when the game is, and we would feed them and get to spend some time with them and just interact and, um, see how they are. And, um, we, 
it, it came along really great because so many people wanted to be part of it and mm-hmm. see the difference because we don't like to believe that we have a mission field right where we live mm-hmm. and that's I don't I don't treat Kenmore as a mission field but no. it is a mission field because it's where we get to go to show Jesus's love and that's you know like I'm not out there preaching to them but just being able to go out there and just show love mm-hmm. that they don't have on an everyday basis. Yeah, it's not a missions field in the sense that you have to learn a new language and it's foreign and all this kind of stuff, but it is in the sense that we, we're we called to love our neighbors. We're called to make Jesus make sense in places where maybe that's not been clear before, where maybe Jesus isn't known. And so it's great coming alongside coaches like Kemp, who's also a believer and a leader in the community mm-hmm. um, because he sees that same vision. And so that's easy to kind of uh, pair that together now when you say cook for a football team how many players are we talking about and and that number changed over the season didn't it it changes every week um it's kenmore's one of the only teams i know um and i know i've asked you this and i've asked other football players this is normally a coach will like after the first week of that they play not let other kids come but kemp has a rule that he's never going to tell a kid no so we started our season with 30 kids and we ended our season with 57 (laughs) so yeah so like when every week when it was your turn to cook i'd like try to send a text and be like oh this is our number roundabout like (laughs) guesstimate it and um you never know because they would just show up. Uh-huh. Like if you build it, they will come. Absolutely. <laughs> and then on top of that, you're you're not feeding fifty seven, what I'll call normal people. You're you're feeding fifty seven football players, high yeah, school growing yeah. boy football players. And so it was more like feeding a hundred. I mean, <laughs> and 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 I love that. Like when you th- like you'll think that oh they're not going to like this. It's their favorite. Yeah. Like they just love they love food they love homemade food they don't want you to bring pizza and they don't want you to bring something that you can purchase they want you to actually have a home-cooked meal well i remember that. i remember that so my life group i loved this vision i thought it was fantastic and uh it's it's so good but um our life group brought chili one night <laughs> and i love how uh there was a couple of students that when they heard chili it's almost like they got out of line yeah um and then they found out we were putting them over a potato so they at least get in line to like grab a potato and put some butter on it or whatever um but but then like those students who were like yeah hey, i don't want chili i don't need chili what's chili would like hear their friends talk about like oh my goodness and then all of a sudden they're back in line like can i have some chili please like <laughs> my favorite thing about that night was when um one of the players came up to me he's like who made this chili <laughs> and i pointed him at you and mandy and he literally ran down yep. and hugged mandy and yep. was like this is the best chili i've ever had yep. and it was just great because those little moments didn't just affect him they affected you and mandy also because yeah. It's not just about changing their lives. It changed ours in in working with them and being there present with them. Mm -hmm. I will shout out Andy Michael right now, who uh, once he moved out of state to do missions work over in Philadelphia, um, he uh, graciously shared his chili recipe with us because it it was no longer in the state of Ohio. (laughs) And so we were allowed to have it. And uh, that is the winning chili recipe. And it's so good. So I'm hoping he makes it again this year because that's how much they love it. It was amazing. Well, well, I, I think that's a thing. Um, very cool. So um, now that was one meal a week. That was one right? meal a week. So that was basically, if you're familiar with high school football culture, there's often a team meal, uh, often the day before the game, hence the Thursdays or whatever. But 
as you mentioned, um, food consistency was a thing for some of the players. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are some of the initiatives that I know it was only a few weeks into the season where you really started to go after this too. What are some of the things you started to do to help that environment um, as well? Um, we set up a food pantry and not just any food pantry. It had to be food that was accessible and easy for them to eat. And I think that that's when I really realized how much that they wanted and needed more food because mm. like they would run in there the minute that the food would hit the shelf and, and they would take it and, and take handfuls of it and put it in their locker and not in the in the sense that oh I don't want anybody else to have it that might be what they eat for dinner or for breakfast and um it it just was was heartwarming because I would reassure them that don't worry I'll make sure it's always here so we made sure that like we supplied um, the chef boyardees that can go in the microwave Um, we had macaroni and cheese we had peanut butter I would bring loaves of bread up there and um, just make sure that they had everything trail mix um, anything that is easy to grab and go Mm -hmm. but just that whole reassurance that we have this and like we went into the locker room and we rearranged it because it was just not easy for these kids to realize where food was and we we changed things around and started making a whole room just a pantry and it had a sink and it has a refrigerator and um shelving units that we brought in that we could just stock and make sure that it was always supplied and it was always supplied like god always brought more food and it was not always the same people it it rotated in different life groups to certain people who just wanted to you know like they felt that these kids needed this attention Mm -hmm. and it was just beautiful to watch the people actually come in and be able to see where their money went and get to see these kids and and how much they appreciated the simplest thing of you know just a cup of macaroni and cheese or ramen ramen noodles mm-hmm. are the go-to at Kenmore so if you come across a big crate of ramen noodles send you know it my way yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome now um, I also love um, how coach and and then you guys have taken a look at what is typically called the off season uh, he won't call it that and no. I love it it's the cultivation season because uh, for him as you, if you're picking this up it's much more than just coaching kids in football it's about building into these young men um, all year round so what are some of the things that you've done this cultivation season or that um you've been dreaming of for when the season kind of gets back in 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 full swing um well during the cultivation season um we try to um, make sure my presence is still known so we um have gotten lots of people um to bake and bring cookies in because it's real um the magic of a homemade cookie is something that people don't realize we we take it for granted they they sit on our shelves we eat them we eat too many of them but to take a homemade cookie and give it to a kid who doesn't have a homemade cookie, it it changes a life. Like when we would, and and it sounds so silly, but to take them a cookie and them them ask you, did you make this? Is this homemade? And you're like, yes. And and I I like to involve the women and the men who who did it and, and make them know that I don't want you to go to Sam's Club and buy me a box of cookies or wherever because I want you to pray for these boys when you're making them uh-huh. and, the, and the mouths that it's going to go to. So we did that. And then um, 
coach decided that he wanted to um, touch the whole school and all the teachers in the school. So we had a basic bake off and had to um, make cookies for 500 plus kids and take them to the schools. And just the effect that that has, because not only are you having students ask you, why are you doing this? You have teachers who are like, why are you here? And, and watching us and wanting to see the interactions that we have with these young men, because they, they have, I've earned their love and their respect and they'll come up and they'll hug me. And it goes to like earlier in the season, you're like, you called them your boys now. It's not just like, they're not just players. These are, these kids, I mean, I love them. I I mean, I would, I would fight you for them because they are like, I literally, I get texts from them. They let me know how they're doing. And it's, it's just a, a relationship that I didn't intend to have. I just intended to, you know, like, I don't know what I intended. I didn't intend to love like I do. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like you, you you have a vision when you go into something, you're like, I'm gonna love them. But then you're like, I love them like I love my son. Like, I didn't know that that was possible. That's so good. It's amazing what God does with relationships. Um, you know, these, all of these um, encouragements in the scripture where God is like, you know, go and love and make disciples and invest in and pour into like a lot of times our hold up is like, well, I don't know them. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. And God does something so miraculous to like help bridge those when we're willing to go in with an open hand um, and just learn and, and be loved and loved at the same time. And then all of a sudden you find yourself realizing that maybe God was right. Like maybe he's actually going to do something in me and in them that I never could have predicted. And that's what I always tell everybody. I myself have like, you're like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to bring Jesus to them. I didn't have to bring Jesus to them. Jesus was present. Mm -hmm. He just needed to use the people around to show them himself. And it was just amazing to see that is how many people would show up and just have interactions um, with them and make them feel valued, Mm -hmm. you know, because I think that that's a big part of it is um, they don't have those high role models that are like trying to show them there's so much more that they can do and be. And that's what I know. Um, I love to watch these coaches do is to be that positive father male figure in their lives, because that is something that they don't necessarily have all of them. And to watch, um, coach camp, just walk in there and, it, it doesn't matter what time of day. It doesn't matter what they ask for. He's there 100% listening to them. And to watch him as a role model has made me be that way too. So um, I make sure that they have access to me. If you need my number, here it is. Always call me. Always text me. I'm always going to be here. I'm always going to show up. And we have. We've had players that um, have unfortunately had children at this young age but yet watched us come along and stand beside them with um first glance with other people who just have brought things to show them we're standing here beside you we're not going to condemn you for any of this we're here for you and with you and if you need anything let us know so like you know in middle of the night when you get that text of oh i had a baby oh this oh that you're there and you're, you know, you respond and you're just loving because their lives are different and they just want you to love them because you, you've tried. Like 
I have one player who he messaged me just this week and he's like, happy Easter. I love you. I hope your day is great. And, and you just think, wow, you know, like he thought of me on Easter, Mm -hmm. you know, and knows that that day is important to me. You know, it wasn't anything, you know, there's not a little bunny or topping around that he knows that I don't think that, but he just wanted me to know he was thinking of me that day. And it makes a difference to me. 100%. That is unreal. Um, Stephanie, you sound, um, probably to the untrained ear in particular, like you got this inner city serving thing down. Is this something that you've been doing for years? Like, yeah, (laughs) no, this year, like I literally walked into it this year and, um, I was scared. I, I honestly was scared. And um, I, I knew that God wanted me to do something. And you and I have had this conversation many times. And you, you told me before, God, you'll know what God wants you to do. And um, this last year, my dad, um, I had to, to leave my job at SUMA because my dad's dementia. And um, it opened up opportunities that I would not have had at any other time in my life to give to these young men. And um, when when Kemp asked me, he's like, what's holding you back? And I couldn't have an excuse. And it was like God made the way for me to have no excuse but to say, I'm here, mm-hmm. you know? And, and for my son to passionately want me there to be there for them because I like when he'll he'll have arguments with them and be like, that's my mother. And they're like, no, that's my mom. So it's just, it's good. It's just good to know that, you know, I had no experience. I had no training. Um, Every time a new experience comes, I I ask coach, I'm like, don't you have some class you can send me to? He goes, did you have a class on how to be a mom? (laughs) You know, like, but so we laugh about it. So, you know, like it's, it's just an everyday experience that Mm -hmm. I I learn and I grow each and every day um, on how to, to do for them more. Um, But yeah, this year is, is going to change a little bit. Um, We were hoping to, and we're not sure yet is to be at the school to actually have sit down meals, mm. their new school. Cause they have a new school, um, over in, um, Akron. So they'll be moving into the Garfield building and we are hoping to have an actual cafeteria where we can sit down and eat a team meal together. And, um, either way we're going to do it. It's whatever God wants, but I really want people to be able to have the chance to interact with them like I get to and not just show up and serve a dinner and leave, Mm -hmm. but to realize that they want to see you at their games. They want to have conversation. They want somebody to show interest in them. And, and, and I want that for the people too, because I want all of us to know that we can make such a difference by just loving. Because when it first started, everybody's like, oh, are you going to try to get all these kids to come to church? Well, Jesus doesn't tell me to go and bring them to church. He just tells me to go and love them. And and then I have to trust that he's going to do the next step. Mm-hmm. And that's hard is to, to sit back and let him do the next step. But my job isn't to do everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm out there to love them and, and pray that the next person that comes along and waters them and grows them, you know, gets the same joy that I'm getting out of just planting these seeds. Because mm-hmm. there's certainly no doubt um, that these are... Uh I'll use the phrase Jesus people that are helping do this. It's not like the kids would have a question mark. Yeah. Uh. (laughs) Yeah. I, they're definitely Jesus people. There's no, Mm -hmm. no questions. And, 
And it's beautiful to see Jesus people come together in mm-hmm. different ways because like I don't just make it be, you know, one church or one, co- you know, like one group of people. I want everybody to come together. I want it to be a community because it takes a community to raise a child. Mm-hmm. And I want there to be because in this process, we started doing laundry and showing up at like the laundry mat in, in Kenmore and having conversations and then people wondering why are you in this community with these young men and being able to have those conversations and and them knowing well you tell this boy this because i seen him you know on this street the other day and and i'd go back to the field house and tell them they're like how do you know this and i'm like because it takes a village you know it's not just me it's not just coach it's it takes a community and we all want to come together and just pour positivity into you because if you can't be the change that they need i mean what are we doing what are we can't you can't condemn a young man for the lifestyle if you're not going to try to pour positivity and and Mm -hmm. make a difference in their lives yeah it's so important like consistency over time is what produces a disciple of anything Mm -hmm. Um, and so one of the reasons that you and i or anyone listening would have their bad habits is because we stepped into those habits and then over time they became ingrained in us and now they seem unbreakable because the consistency over time has like almost forced us into those rhythms and ruts at worst Um, and then the same thing with um you know well like why would you explode every time someone disagrees with you well if that's all you've ever seen you explode when someone disagrees with you um, and and you could keep filling in your blanks whether they're stereotypes or not that consistency is what changes things well in these environments when when students like this can see that someone is willing to consistently be there and love them now you're rewriting the script in their mind about who people are and in particular who Jesus people are because everyone has access to the news and everyone has access to the internet and everyone has access to people complaining about this, that, and the other. But when people show up and prove those things wrong consistently Mm -hmm. over time, things really start to change. And I think that's one of the biggest beauties of uh, what you're able to experience over there. Yeah. Um, this next season, some of the, the new opportunities that I have on top of this is um, I will be stepping into the role of um, the FCA. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to take that over there, which is a whole new step. And I just always in my head, I remember when I when I started going to Grace and, and talking to Todd and, and him asking me if I wanted to, to come and help in the youth department. I'm like, yeah, I don't do teenagers anymore. I'm done. <laughs> and here God has me with teenagers. And so this next season of my life when um, I'm going to be at the school and being able to openly talk about Jesus is going to be amazing because that's not something I do on the football field. They know that I'm a Jesus believer. Mm-hmm. They know what I represent, but I don't openly just go out and preach at them sure. or to them. But in this next step, I will have that opportunity to mm-hmm. um, share my faith, share my beliefs and be able to hear theirs. Yeah. And start to see them understand Jesus. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to be able to have this opportunity. Yeah. I love FCA. Uh, shout out to Tristan Griffin and all the team over there at FCA. Uh, FCA is actually a big part of my story. Uh, it's one of the first ministries I was able to connect with once I gave my life to Christ. I was in college and, uh, yeah, loved that group. And, um, is it, they, they do some really cool stuff. Um, I, <laughs> I want to, 
go back, not for long necessarily, but when you said, I don't do teenagers anymore, there's a lot of us, I think, that listen, that we subconsciously or maybe up front kind of categorize our lives. Well, I won't do that. And I won't do that. I won't do that. I won't do that. But Jesus, whatever you want, <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, and it's not, it doesn't work that way. I mean, sometimes you get to do exactly what you're always thinking, but a lot of times our dreams don't, they pale in comparison to what God has in mind. And so being open-handed with his thoughts and dreams and plan is uh, the best way to move forward, of course. Yes. So, um, tell us a little bit about some of the lessons you've learned. How have you changed? How have you grown in this last year? Um, Oh, so much it like you said I, I went in there with what I thought I knew and um, how I was going to make things happen and and I I now am at the point where I'm just more open at just letting God take the rein and where he should be but me not telling God I got this and letting him direct me um, but just I want so much to inspire others to just come walk beside me and see what truly is going on. Um, so it, it just made me more patient and more understanding of situations. Um, more um, because it's, I thought when this first started that it was just going to be um, football players and it has grown into um, now I do reach the families because sometimes these boys they come with so much more that we have to not just stop at them but reach out to um their siblings their um their moms their dads or or aunts and uncles and and help them to you know whatever situation they're going through but it makes it like it's not just the player and that's what I initially thought I was trying to do is you know we're going to reach players but I spent an entire um not off season because we don't use that term but um mentoring and and walking beside a family and trying to direct them and just open them up to the opportunities that lie out there. So there's, there's so many ways that God has just opened my eyes and changed me, um, to, to just be present in the moment, you know, like not, not try to plan it all out, but just be there. And, and that's sometimes hard for me is because I'm a planner and, um, I like everything written out. I'm that analytical person who has to have a map, but God has taken that from me. And it's like, nope, one step at a time one day at a time and like things that I think are a panic I'll call Kemp for and he's like sister calm down it's okay so it's it's good to know that Jesus has a plan and I just need to be patient you know so that's a it's a growing thing for me but also just a a time to be still and, and pay attention. Mm-hmm. Now um, some of the things I, I love you subtly hint um at all of like not all but a lot of the fruits of the spirit 
you know, like you're like, oh, that I, I need to be more patient. And I've found that. And there's the love between these relationships. And I know none of you can see this right now, but there's a joy on your face when you talk about this. And um, and, and there's a kindness and how you've interacted that they've grown accustomed to, which is why they want to call you the team mom. And no, Ethan, it's my mom, you know, and um, there, all these things. But that comes from showing up where God is at. Yeah. And so God is doing those things in you. And then it reproduces and multiplies because then it pours forth into all these other relationships. And uh, it's a really cool thing to watch. So I have a question to ask then. Um, You mentioned you used to do this at Norton when Ethan played ball. Um, So because you've cased your story a little bit, I'm going to say you're kind of in that empty nester stage of life. I am. Um, that's that's really who this is for, right? Like if people want to get involved or if they want to come alongside you or maybe if they're in a different community and like, I have a vision for this too, they, they probably need to be in that stage of life, right? No. <laughs> no. Good answer. <laughs> um, I... I loved it when this first started and um, I'm going to use um, I know you did it, but I'm going to use my daughter in her life group. She yeah. goes to the real life group and um, they wanted to bring the kids because their kids, they they're all trying to train up their their children on how to serve. And I loved to watch um, Piper come along and um, be present in every aspect of it like we did team breakfast on a couple times and the one that she was there with me she she loves these players she has a favorite player she sends him videos mm-hmm. and tells him to behave she tells him to stay out of trouble and he loves her and and he he listens and it makes a difference because when i thought it was going to be dangerous for them to bring their kids all they got to see is the loving interaction that their parents are having and that they get to have. And it, it made opportunities for these young children to just get to um, love also. And yeah. so I would hate to say that somebody thinking that they have to have, it's it has to be the right time because you can find so many ways in this program to assist, to just be there, bake a cookies, you know, well, not a cookie. It's, it's normally going to be 60 cookies, but to bake cookies and drop them off and just watch the joy, cut up fruit and drop it off any day of the week that they're practicing. And it makes a difference. But when you bring yourself there with your family and have the interaction, it might be rough at first because they don't know you, but once you show up a couple times, they know who you are and they want to come and talk to you. They want to see what you're doing. And, you know, like, did you bring something? Are you here to hang out? Are you here to talk? Like they want to just grow and and have relationships with us because that's what we're there for. And they know it. They can sense that love and that happiness that we bring. So I suggest that if you just are looking for something to do and a way to serve that is just going to be so so much giving back to you is to just come out to a team dinner or come out and just you know hang out at a practice and just watch them because mm-hmm. they, they're such good young men mm-hmm. they just have to be told yeah <laughs> that's so good 
there are lots of ways to get connected with this. And so uh, whether you want to maybe help with one of these meals or you want to maybe even if you just want to donate to that pantry, there's a plethora of things. There's so many ways. And maybe who knows, God will do something special in you and you can be one of those consistent people and start to see how God wants to use you in a very unique way uh, as well. So if you feel God's nudging you to something, follow the nudge, uh, you know, getting connected with that. And your story doesn't have to be like Stephanie's. Maybe it's much shorter. Maybe it's much smaller. Maybe it's even bigger. Who knows? But if God's nudging you to something, it's going to be well worth it for both you and the people that you're helping. Um, there's also... Um, what, one of the things that Stephanie's doing without realizing it is she's telling the story of what it looks like to step in with um, pretty much any of the city partners that our church and other churches work with. Akron is um, a, a unique hotbed of some like really stellar organizations that do great work in their neighborhoods and communities. Um, and she mentioned a few of them while we're on here. Um, but like, you're like, I can't do anything entrepreneurial like that. I can't start something from scratch. Or maybe she mentioned how she's freed up from work and you're like, I can't, you know, give that much time to something. Well, there are ways to step into those teams and ministries at your, um, ability and effort level. And so brainstorm that with Stephanie, brainstorm that with us. We can point you in those directions and help you find a niche. But there are so many ways to make a real impact and difference like this uh, here in our own community. Um, so Stephanie, a couple questions for you. Okay. Um, what's your favorite place to go out to eat? Um, oh my goodness. I would have to say... Oh my goodness. Joe, that's terrible. I love the Cheesecake Factory, but I don't eat there anymore. But it, <laughs> it is my favorite restaurant. If it like my whole family knows that that's like that my favorite go-to place. But I'm trying like you to eat healthy. Mm-hmm. So it, it it's not my go-to place any longer. If you have some downtime and you're not going to handle a responsibility of any kind for a while, what's your favorite way to spend your downtime? I, and I'm not just saying this, I truly love to sit in my office with the door closed and just listen to worship music and mm-hmm. try to um, find that inner peace, just that that oneness with God, because it's in, in, in my life, it's so busy and so hectic and so crazy that I love when there's those moments where I just get to shut the door and shut everything out. Mm, that's awesome. Do you have a, uh, do you have a go-to movie? Do you have a favorite movie? I do. I love Fifty First Dates. It's a joke of our family, but um, we we say we live it, so it's just one of those <laughs> those funny things that we we joke about in our house every day. That is a fun movie for sure. Very good. Well, Stephanie, thanks for jumping on with us. This has been a lot of fun. It's been awesome. So, uh, as I mentioned before, if you want to take any of these next steps, or if we can help you in any way. Let us know, um, and maybe God can start to write your story uh, in a similar uh, fashion just for you. All right. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.